0: Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast, I'm your host, Dana Larson. This week we're in Moville, Iowa with Melissa Nelson of Hungry Canyon. Hungry Canyon is a farm and ranch related greeting card business that got its start from a Valentine Melissa made for her husband when they were dating in college. She shared the design on social media and her designs have been in demand ever since. Melissa is also talking about the importance of ag education and how she built an ag education nonprofit from the ground up, as well as how she juggles all of this along with farm life and a growing family. So here we go with Melissa Nelson. All right. Well, we're here in Moville, Iowa with Melissa Nelson of Hungry Canyon. Melissa, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for coming to Moville.
1: Yes. So tell us about you. You grew up in Nebraska, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I grew up in Springfield, Nebraska. It's a small town right outside of Omaha. Um when I went to college all my college friends from Western Nebraska and everywhere said, "Oh, you're from Omaha." And I am totally not from Omaha. It's a different town, it's in a different <laughs> county, but it's very close to Omaha. Um I grew up on a farm there with my parents and I have two younger sisters, and on our farm we raised corn, soybeans, alfalfa, and Angus cattle. And I always wanted a brother. I always wanted an older brother because my sisters and I, we had to do everything on the farm just like anybody else, you know, other people who grew up on a farm know the same thing. But we grew up throwing bales, scooping bunks, feeding cattle, working cows, and that was our favorite thing. Um, Grew up with that and we have a feedlot and a cow herd that my parents still operate today. Um, My middle sister, she farms with her husband and they farm with my parents and then my youngest sister, she also married a farmer in Illinois. So I can specifically remember my dad telling me when I was in high school thinking about going to college and what I was going to study and thinking about ag. And he, I remember him saying something like, pick something where you don't have to work so hard. And I think he laughs probably now thinking – that was stupid. <laughs> you know, look at all my girls. They, they all worked on the farm. They all are a- actively involved in their own farming operations now, and we're kind of stuck with it. So it's in your blood. Yeah, it is for sure. And anybody in ag knows, knows that. But I went to college at University of Nebraska, Lincoln. Um, I was an ag communications major there. And after college, I moved up here to Moville. I met my husband, um, Mark. He and I, live here outside of town and Mark farms with his dad and his brother full time. Um, and we have a 2 feed lots here and then a cow herd as well. So cattle is really like our true passion. Mark and I love the cows and love everything that kind of goes along with that. So that's kind of what we do now. And we have a 19-month-old son named Roy who is named for his great great grandpa who was a cattle feeder as well. So um, it's all, he's stuck with ag too, I think. So we'll see what he decides, but right now he loves cows and tractors. So it's just what we do.
0: That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Have you always had a love for design?
1: I have kind of, I've always loved like fonts and like putting stuff together, like decorating our houses or decorating my room, um, as a kid, but I really didn't, like understand design until I went to college and I was an ag communications major and I took like one quarter of graphic design and one quarter of photography and videography and all those and once I kind of got I figured out how to use InDesign and Photoshop and stuff I was like wow this is pretty cool and so I really I should probably take more classes about using those applications but you can learn a lot on YouTube and just by playing around with it so I kind of figured it out along the way. But I've always loved like being creative and really, I have kind of a knack for like relating, I don't know, normal people things to ag. So things that are trendy in like People Magazine or like um, people who don't have a connection to ag, things that they love, but putting an ag spin on it and kind of making it our own for like our own, my own little market, my own audience of people in this industry. So that's kind of where that kind of started and what I love to do with that Um, but I also have like designed my parents bull sale catalogs and ads for their bull sale and that kind of stuff but um, I haven't always you know I didn't really grow up with that I was never I never would call myself an artist necessarily but I do love putting the design graphics together and having making a finished product that I really love and connects to me and to my audience. Well, talk about the journey that led you to starting Hungry Canyon. Um, It really started as a hobby, and I still would probably consider it more of a hobby. I mean, it's definitely a business, um, but it's really my creative outlet. Like, when I was in college, I started dating my husband, Mark, and I would always make him his homemade Valentine's Day card. And it would be like, I had the... I don't even remember where I got these, but it was a deck of cards and it had combines on them. And so I took the king of hearts and I colored the combine red because that's what color marks combine was. I said, you're the king of my heart. And it was his Valentine's Day card. And it's super, you know, corny and like probably too cheesy, but um, I would do stuff like that or like I'll love you for heifer. And so I would post these on Instagram and my friends were like, hey, can I buy that for my boyfriend or for my husband? And so I was like, hey, maybe I'll turn this into a business. Maybe people really do want some of these cards. And so it just kind of it spurred from that. And so it has turned into a true full-fledged business um, with a lot of different cards and designs. And um, it's been really fun. Yeah. So tell
0: us a little bit about how you built the business and how you expanded your product line.
1: Yeah. So I, I started the business really just by posting on Instagram and my friends said, Hey, can I buy this? And so they would Venmo or PayPal me or whatever. And I'd mail them a card and, um, it was right before Valentine's day a few years ago. And so I kind of did that the next Valentine's day again. And eventually I was like, I know how to make a website. So I'm going to make a website and just sell my cards on there. Then it turned into an Instagram page and a Facebook page and, uh, uh, all the things that go along with the branding and marketing of a business. And that's what I went to school for was advertising and public relations and ag So I used those skills that I learned in college and, um, saw what other people were doing with their own businesses and took it from there. And I would say my husband was probably my biggest cheerleader in that. He's like, you should really make a website. I had made him one for his business. He has a, a little side business too, where he sells farm toys. And I always call us serial entrepreneurs. Like, yeah, I could probably start six different businesses with the ideas rolling around in my head. Who knows if they would be successful or not? But it's that's what we constantly think about. And, you know, how can we how can we make our town better? What does our town need? And so how can we turn that into a business? If we win the lottery, that's probably what we would do is start a bunch of businesses. But um, he was like, you should make a website. So I did, and it kind of just, it grew from there, and it has, I don't know, it's turned into a, a a really fun project. Yeah. Well, my favorite thing that you sell are your Valentines. They're super cute.
0: I can't wait to order them for my <laughs> niece and nephew this year. <laughs> but in addition to Valentines, you have cards, and what else?
1: Yeah, so I have basic greeting cards for a lot of different holidays or activities or events or whatever. Um different greeting cards and they all go along with like things that happen on the farm or ranch so and it's it's really for people who grew up with that same upbringing or have that same love of rural life or of agriculture or the farm a lot of them are maybe like inside jokes I would say like thanks for picking me with a combine thanks for picking you know yeah Um, your average person without a connection to ag would not care about that at all but people in right. ag like that's a fun thing uh-huh. um, so I have that and then started with some I turned some of those card designs into like prints so people can put them up in their house around Valentine's Day or Christmas or just whenever for decoration and have some fun keychains and just like gift and card you know gift giving ideas um, that truly relate to the things that we do every day on the farm. But the Valentine's have been really fun because that's where it all started was Valentine's Day. Um, And I think like living on the farm and working on the farm, like you have a different kind of idea of love. Like I always say, like one of my cards is true love or love is getting the gate. You know, you really (laughs) love your person if you get the gate from without complaining or, you know, you offer to get the gate. My other probably favorite one is love is signing the operating note. Yeah. True love is to <laughs> signing your name on a piece of paper that says we're going to try to make money on our farm this year and we're going to borrow a lot of money to do that. So I really love you. So I'm going to sign that operating note.
0: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's good.
1: Well, you also do wholesale and custom designs, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, I do offer wholesale. I probably have my cards in I don't know, nine or 10 different stores across the US. And that's probably my biggest goal for 2020 is to do more wholesaling. I love selling individual cards to individual people. Um, But I've also realized that my time is very valuable going forward with a growing family and a farm and a, a day job. And so I want, or I would love if other businesses love my stuff, and then they can sell it and they can do a lot of that marketing. And They market it better than I can any day. So um, that's my biggest goal for 2020 is to increase my wholesale business. And so to share that across the country more than just my local region here. And I do do some custom work too. So um, like company Christmas cards that have ag, you know, an ag business, they want a different kind of Christmas card. And so I've done some of that and some custom like baby announcements or invitations, um, things like that. Um, I've really thought about doing in the future, and this might be something that comes as my kids get older. Is um, like kids' birthday party, like birthday sweets with um, different cups and napkins and plates and invitations and banners, and you can buy a a combine birthday party or a a black cow um, birthday party or something like that. So, and that's another reason that I really started this was. You know, you go down the card aisle at like Walgreens or Target or whatever, and you can see all these cards and they're fun and they're beautiful. And if you see one with a cow on it, well, I like cows. I want to send a a card with a cow on it, but it's a dairy cow and I don't raise dairy cows. So I'm not going to buy that card. I want a cow with a black cow on it because that's what I raise. Or, you know, all the tractors are green. Well, not all my people love green tractors. So that's kind of been my thing is like accurate ag cards. So...
0: I love it. I think that's great. You should absolutely do the party thing. Yes. That's a good idea. Well, kind of going back to the serial entrepreneur thing, straight out of college, you
1: started a nonprofit, right? Mm -hmm. I did. So when I was graduating college, I was like, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? And, you know, like everybody does when you get ready to do that. And I really wanted to teach agriculture to elementary kids. I don't know why. I just love I love the excitement of little kids when you teach them something new. Um, I love working with, you know, elementary students, and I love teaching people about agriculture. So I thought, I, w- I wonder if I can find a job with agriculture in the classroom. Well, I knew my husband, well boyfriend at the time, was moving home to farm in Moville, and I knew that in Iowa, every county was, at the time, responsible for doing ag in the classroom for their county that they, they serve. Um, every Farm Bureau in that county was. And so I approached a couple people in that county. I was like, hey, I'd love to do Ag in the Classroom. Do you know of any opportunities? Do you have any ideas? What what do you think is available up there? And there is a gal up here who's on the Farm Bureau board, and she said, hey, come talk to me. We've been looking to hire someone part-time to serve Woodbury County, which is um, the county that Moville's in, but also Sioux City, so it has a very large population for this area. And so they were looking for someone to, to do ag in the classroom part-time. So I came in, talked to them, said, you know, my background, what I want to do, but I need a full-time job because I'm graduating college, like this is the real deal, I need a full-time job. And they said, we will hire you for a year, full-time, and we'll see where it goes from there. And so... By the end of that year, we had, I think, probably three or four other counties in the area kind of pitch in and say, we're going to join this nonprofit, and you're going to serve the schools in our counties as well, and you're going to come in and teach these kids about agriculture. So that's, I mean, if we talk about building brands, and we talk about building a business, like, yeah, it was a nonprofit, but... Like, I had to build a website, I had to build a logo, I had to build a, you know, Facebook page, had to build, nobody here knew me. Every, you know, they knew me as Mark's girlfriend, or, you know, she knows the Nelsons, and they were the only people that I knew, too. So, um, really had to build this whole nonprofit from the ground up, and so it was a real, a real testament that other counties in the area were like, hey, we want you to teach our kids in our county, too. And so then, I did that for five years, and we added. We had seven, We have seven counties right now that are in Northwest Iowa that are part of the Siouxland Agriculture in the Classroom nonprofit. We have two full-time educators that go out into second and fourth-grade classrooms and talk to kids about what happens on the farm, um, why farms are important, where their food comes from. I mean, all of us in ag, or even outside of ag, you know, you teach your kids about where food comes from, but, um, we all have our stories about, you know, people who say chocolate milk comes from a brown cow or chicken wing or buffalo wings come from Buffalo or whatever, you know, those, those things that we maybe kind of laugh at, but also at the same time is terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Oh, really, people really think that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, you know, those were the kind of stories that we wanted to kind of dispel from the start. So we thought, if we work with elementary students, middle school students, high school students, whatever that age is, um, and teach them about agriculture young, then maybe we can have a head start on, you know, by the time they get to voting age or the time that they are buying groceries for their family. They know a little bit more about our industry and what we do on farms. So that that's the main goal.
0: That's great. What kind of response did you get from the kids?
1: Uh, it was cool. They, I mean... Truthfully, a lot of the kids that I talk to, even in, you know, like you're from Sac Ida County, that area, there's counties that have people from, I mean, it's all rural. There's maybe a town of maybe three to 5,000 people in it. And you think, oh, people there don't need to know about ag because everyone there is involved in ag or they're all farmers. And it's so not true. You know, people in towns of 1,500 maybe have one kid per class that's a farm kid. Or maybe those kids don't even have grandparents that live on the farm. And so they're always learning something new about agriculture. And I mean, I have so many stories of like, there was a girl in third grade in Sioux City one time who um, was listening to me read a book to their class. And it was about a a third grade girl in Iowa who lives on a beef farm. And at the end of the book, the student in the school that I was in raised her hand and she goes, well, does... um, Cecilia go to school, the girl in the book, does she go to school? I'm like, well, yeah, she goes to school. Why do you think she doesn't go to school? And she said, well, she lives in the country and I, I didn't know if, or she lives on a farm and I didn't know if she went to school, like like Laura Ingalls Wilder or something. <laughs> like, and here I am sitting there, someone who grew up just like this girl in this book and I went to school, I have a college degree. You know, we go to school. Yeah. And so those students, they learned something new every time that I was in there and so that was huge and they loved it we always did something hands-on always something that connects to the state standards of the teachers that whatever they're teaching in school that at that time um, because teachers don't have time to add new stuff to their class or to their schedule so we'd come in and if they're learning about maps or how to use maps um, in Iowa, then we would do an activity where we learn about different food products that come from Iowa, and we'd find them on a map. And so they would learn about using a map, but through the eyes of agriculture. And so that's kind of how we would do that with all of our lessons that we taught. So
0: So with Ag in the Classroom being a nonprofit, how did you come up with your funding?
1: Ag in the Classroom being a nonprofit, we were funded completely by donations from ag businesses and local producers in the area. Some of our biggest sponsors from the very beginning were local producers who said, hey, this is an important cause. I'm going to give my own money to this organization because I think it's important. Um, And obviously, ag has had like Kind of a rough few years as far as like markets and people making money or losing money or whatever. Um, but Ag in the Classroom still continues based on donations from our industry. Um, I always, I have always said I would be terrible in sales. I don't think I could sell a tractor or a bag of seed or anything like that if I had to. Like, I would not, I, that's not my deal. But I can sell the industry um, and I can sell Ag in the Classroom. Um, so like asking people for money as donations is super, not super comfortable for everybody and definitely not for me in the beginning, but now I feel like talking about it and, you know, sharing the stories of what we've done with that ag in the classroom has uh, gotten a lot easier because it is working and it is, it is an important cause. And so we've said a lot that farmers will always give money. They're generous people. They'll always give money to their church. They'll always give money to their school. And we like to think that Ag in the Classroom is like that third kind of mark on their list. So we are so lucky to have generous sponsors um, that help make that organization go.
0: That's amazing. Well, since then, you've actually stepped into a new role within Ag Education.
1: Yes. So now I teach big kids about Ag. <laughs> um, I work at Morningside College in Sioux City, Iowa, and it's a small private college with about 1,300 undergraduate students and a new old ag program. So they had an ag- Morningside College had an ag program from like 1947 until 1997, and it was all based around the Sioux City stockyards. Um, so it was like livestock marketing, commodity marketing. And in 1997, when the stockyards in Sioux City kind of died, so did the ag program at Morningside. Well, then, I mean, we have so much ag in this area, and there's so much food, so many food companies in this area. There's something like, I don't know, 40 to 50 food processors or producers like Wells Blue Bunny, Subi Honey, Seaboard Triumph, Tyson. There's huge food companies all around Sioux City in this area. And so these people that work in these companies and own these businesses said, we need an ag program. You know, there's nowhere in this general vicinity. I mean, there's a couple options, but we need more students to come to come study agriculture. So, Morningside College had the vision to say, "Okay, we're gonna do it again," and they did that about uh, six years ago. And so, um, I get to work in that program and teach college students about agriculture. And I oversee our externship program, which is super cool and unique. Um, we make or we require every Ag student at Morningside College to do a seven-month full-time externship so you know you always do internship or not always but a lot of students do internships in college but usually they aren't necessarily required you're you're not they're not required in the curriculum but we think that that experience and all of us that have done internships or things like that before I will attest to that they're super important yeah And so we have our students do a summer and a semester full-time. They don't take classes. They work in industry, you know, work full-time 40 hours a week. They get paid, and they do real work. And when they graduate, they leave college seven months ahead of everybody else that graduates without that experience. So I get to oversee that. And I think it's kind of fun because I get to help guide students into, like, their dream jobs. You know, I got to do my dream job after college. And so now I get to help other students do that. And I love seeing them kind of figure out what they do like to do and what they don't like to do and kind of just prepare them for the real world. And, you know, it's I just I love it. It's fun.
0: I bet it's very rewarding.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if we have listeners who
0: have internships available can they contact you absolutely that would
1: be awesome okay I love it Yep, I love it why is ag education important ag education is important for a lot of reasons um not only to like to bolster the crop of kids that are coming up into ag or the next generation you know to to educate those folks that are going to come back to the farm or come back to work in agriculture um and not just on the farm I mean what do we say I don't know what the percentage is, but if you're going to come back and work in agriculture, it's likely you're not going to be a true farmer. You're going to be working in some part of the industry in other ways. Um, But I think it's super important for people to understand where their food comes from. And for, you know, I just saw, I think it's like the Golden Globes or something just announced that they're going to have a vegan meal because they want to um, like bring attention to the environment and to... You know, it's it's just kind of funny because there's a lot of people on Twitter that are saying, "Oh, are they going to quit flying in their private jets to, you know, the Golden <laughs> Globes? Are yeah. they going to quit, you know, are they going to cut down on electricity or going to do all these different things where you know, agriculture gets such a bad rap. I think because people can kind of see um what we do and, you know, maybe don't understand what we do and they don't think it directly relates to them, but it truly does because Everything they eat, wear, use comes from ag somehow. Um, so I think it's just really important for everyone to be aware. And I think it's equally as important for like those of us in agriculture to understand things that aren't in ag too. Like when we go to, my husband and I love to travel and when we go to big cities, it's like, oh, I wonder why they do this or I don't know how to use a city bus system. You know, I should think of, I should think about people that don't live the same life as us. like. Understand what they have to deal with or what they what are their issues every day or how their life affects mine And so I think it's equal as equally as important for us in ag to be educated on non-ag topics as well So I
0: think that's great So you and I We grew up where at least for me most of the kids in my class grew up on a farm And that's not the case anymore they may grow up on a farm, but they may not farm per mm-hmm. se. So do you have to have conversations about that and help kind of prepare kids that not everybody can farm, but here's what you can do?
1: A little bit. Um, and I think the students that I'm working with in college are probably kind of at that point already. They kind of understand like, OK, there's not room for me to go back yet, yet possibly. You know, maybe, you know, I have a couple of students right now who are looking at externships where. Um, they're going to bring value back to their operation. And that's a big thing that I push because I've seen that with my husband and his brother coming back to the farm. Um, What can they bring back? They can't just come back and be a hired man. They can't just come back and um, drive the feed wagon every day. Like what is the knowledge and what's the, like the extra piece of the puzzle that they're going to bring back to the farm to make it more successful or efficient or more profitable or what, you know, what can they bring back? And so I have some students right now that are, that know that they can't come back quite yet. Maybe the opportunity isn't there for, I don't know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years. So they're going to go learn all that they can about seed and they're going to sell seed for 5, 10 years. They're going to learn how to be a mechanic. They're going to come back and, and know how to fix all the equipment on their farm. Or they're going to go learn commodity trading and they're going to come back and they're going to be able to be that marketing piece for their farm. And so I love kind of helping those those kids and I always say kids they're not kids they're like 18 to 22 years old yeah (laughs) Yeah. but helping them kind of realize like what does my farm need and how am I going to bring back a piece to to make that better so
0: well tell us about your life on the farm and what that looks like for you
1: so my life on the farm now is very similar to my life on the farm as a kid. It's kind of the same operation. We we all, I grew up with cattle and crops, and that's what we do now. Um, it's really fun to see, like, my husband and I going through the same kind of stuff that I imagine my parents and his parents went through when they were kind of, you know, starting off on their own two feet and working with their families on the farm. And it is the most fun to see my toddler love the farm, too. Like, to see the farm through his eyes is my favorite thing. But we have a cattle operation and feedlots, and um, we also grow corn and soybeans. and Drive red tractors. Yeah, we drive red (laughs) tractors. (laughs) So it's funny, because when I was growing up versus um, when Mark was growing up, we have, like, all the rivalries in ag. Like, I raised Angus cattle, he raised Hereford cattle. Like, we planted pioneer seed. His fl- family planted Renzi or Micogen or whatever it was at the time. Um, like, we drove Chevy trucks. We drove Ford trucks. It's like, every little rivalry in ag, we had that. Um, so, yeah, we drive red tractors now. <laughs> <laughs> but I love helping out on the farm. A lot of times, like, I'll take a day off of work to go wean calves or to work cattle or ride in the grain cart or whatever. But I really think it's important for me as an ag like someone who works in an ag college or a a department there that my ag students know I have like a a piece of the pie. Like I have street cred kind of when they know that I haul manure on my days off or during fall break. And I can relate to them. So they can come in my office and they can talk about breeding decisions for their cow herd for the next year. We can talk about, oh, how's harvest going? We talked about that a lot for a really long time last fall Yeah, (laughs) because harvest was long and miserable and Um, so I love that they can like relate to me on that level. So I think it's really important for me to continue being involved. And I mean, that's what I love. I love to, to be on the farm and to work alongside my family. And so I love it. What do you love most about your town of Movo? (sighs) That's kind of a funny question because this is maybe like a silly answer, but when I was growing up, my dad would take me to bull sales out in western Nebraska in the spring and we'd drive through tiny little towns and west in the sand hills and um, anytime I saw a town where you park in the middle of the street, I thought that was the coolest thing. We could not do that in my town, you just you parked along the edge. But there's quite a few towns that have a pretty wide main street and you park in the middle of the street and I always said, someday I want to live in a town where you park in the middle of the street and lo and behold, Mobile, Iowa, you park in the middle of main street. And it's so funny that that's like one of my favorite things about the town, but I love that. Like it just is like quintessential small town to me that you park in the middle of the street. And we do have lines. I know a lot of towns don't have lines in the middle (laughs) of the street, but yeah, we park in the middle of the street. There's a big flagpole in the middle of the, um, of main street. We've got, I think a great main street. I love the history of small towns and like knowing what stores were there and what implement dealers were in town and, um, so I really I love our Main Street in Mobile.
0: What are some of your favorite places here, or some of your favorite things to do?
1: There are some. There's one of my friends. Her name's Katie Cla- or Katie Paulson, um, and Katie has a store in Mobile called um, Katie and Co. And she does she redoes furniture, antique furniture, and um, she makes candles, and she has just like cute home decor stuff. And I love following along with her and like being friends with her and knowing. I don't know that she's just another kind of kindred spirit in that, like, I make something and sell it to people to make them happy. And I love doing it. And she is like, has a shop on Mobile Main Street, and is making a difference in our town. You know, I love towns that have things on Main Street, because you kind of know when you drive through town, and there's no cars parked on Main Street during the day, that there's not a whole lot going on. And Mobile has quite a few cars parked on Main Street during the day, and there's businesses here. Katie's one of those. I also love the people in Mobile. Like, to move from a small town to another small town, and not knowing anybody but my husband's family, like, I knew I had really made it in two instances. Like, one time I went to the cafe without Mark, and people said, hey, Melissa, how's it going? What are you working <laughs> on today? You know, like, they knew me without without Mark being there. Um, and then another time I drove through the elevator or through town, the town north of us with the elevator. And I knew all the names on the trucks parked at the elevator during harvest. So I was like, OK, I've, I think I've maybe made it. So a local. Now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another fun thing that we love to do is like we hardly ever go out to eat in Sioux City. You know, like the chain restaurants in Sioux City. We love our little dive bars in Pearson and Kingsley and Danbury and our little towns around Mobile. We love to go and. I don't know, have a fun meal and have a beer and, you know, hang out with the people that live in those small towns that are just like us. Yeah.
0: Any words of advice for somebody being a newcomer to a small town?
1: Because that can be hard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably one of my favorite things to talk to my students about because I know they're all moving to probably new towns or even moving back to your own town is it can be tough too. Um, it's not the same as when you were in high school i've seen that with my husband moving back to his same town but my biggest piece of advice and i think it's probably like what everybody would say is get involved i think when i moved here i joined like three or four different like volunteer club things one of the things i really got involved with was the county fair so like was a superintendent for the 4-h building helped out with a couple other things at the fair i got involved in my my church here Just find ways to volunteer and get involved. And if you're interested in in ag, like 4-H is a great way to get involved. There's always clubs looking for leaders or for helpers or people to just help out at the county fair or different events. Um, But getting involved and you're going to meet people that are like you or, you know, that's a great way to jumpstart getting to know people is getting involved.
0: I think that's great advice. So one of the things that you have gotten involved with is a farm dinner that involves ag education, right?
1: Yes, yeah. We call it dine at the county line. Um, it's a dinner that we started. Um, it was when I was involved with ag in the classroom, and um, we got together with extension, and we said, you know, we wanted. We talk to kids all the time in extension and in ag in the classroom. We talk to kids all the time about ag education, but how can we reach that next? audience of their parents um, or of teachers or you know like the movers and shakers in our communities that don't have an ag connection how can we reach them and so we came up with dine at the county line Um, it's a dinner on the farm it's kind of based off of I followed I have followed Katie Pinky for a long time she's with um, I think ag week now up in North Dakota but she's had like an ag blog or ag articles for a long time and i feel like i followed her forever and she always talked about um dinner on a farm in north dakota it was involved with common ground a women in ag organization and so i called katie one day out of the blue or set up a phone call with her i was like hey how did you do this we'd love to do kind of a similar thing and she gave us a ton of tips and we've kind of made it our own and we have people from sioux city and lamars or from really just like more urban areas that don't have that connection to ag they come out to a beautiful, picturesque, like your picture-perfect Iowa farm um, on the county line between Woodbury and Plymouth County, and they come out and talk about agriculture. We have a fun speaker. We have a great meal. The guests come and sit at tables with table hosts who are farmers, um, people involved in agriculture that can talk about, you know, buzzwords in ag. Like this year, we had a our speaker was about labeling. So, what's the difference in? Non-GMO, GMO, um, no hormones, no antibiotics, natural, sugar-free—you know all the all the labels that are out there. And navigating those food labels, and have people at the tables that can kind of continue that conversation or answer questions about how livestock are raised, or how we grow corn and soybeans, and what those products are used in. And so it's been a so so much fun to. Put that on and to continue doing that. We had our third dinner last September, and we'll do it again in 2020.
0: That's a great idea. I had so much fun following on your stories when mm-hmm. that was going on. Mm-hmm. So,
1: well, what's next for you with all the things you have going on? Well, I'm having another baby in May, so that is exciting. Um, we'll have two children, and uh, so that'll be huge. That'll be a big change, I think. Um, but that's the the next big thing, and really just like I I'm really working hard to prioritize you know like I always say like Hungry Canyon is definitely a business but like I said before it's still kind of a hobby and it's it's not something that's like I have to do to make groceries be on the table Um, so I have to remember that my husband and my family are like my first priority but my business is also important because it's fun for me and it's my my creativity is just like I'm happier when I can can do that kind of stuff. So, next I like I said I really want to increase my my wholesale business and always create more cards and um, be active on my social media and things like that. But I think in in the next probably ten years, um, probably just I I I said that my year my word of the year for 2020 is build, and I think it's probably a little cheesy to pick a word of the year, but I I did it. I love doing that. So I picked build, building our farm, building, hopefully maybe a house, um, building our family, building my education, building my business, just building, keeping things moving and, and always trying to be better. And, um, but also really remembering to have that balance and remember what comes first. And so that's, I guess we're just going to keep going with the flow yeah (laughs) so that's
0: the best way to go
1: yeah well how do we follow along so I'm pretty active on Instagram I have a Facebook page I have a website it's hungrycanyondesign.com um but yeah I'm I try to be most active on Instagram probably
0: okay perfect well we will follow along and is there is Ag in the Classroom on social media?
1: Ag in the Classroom, yes. It's Siouxland Agriculture in the Classroom. They have a Facebook page and an Instagram, and they have a website. Um, and that's another thing. If anybody ever has any questions about like how to improve their Ag in the Classroom or like do things on their own, whether it's going into a, an elementary classroom and talking about something or um, you want to be a pen pal with a classroom or something, like feel free to reach out to me. This is like one of my passion projects that I love, helping other people with and you know improving and increasing that ag literacy um, is super important and I would love to help anybody who has any questions or um, ideas either on that.
0: Perfect and you have a list of books on your Hungry Canyon website right? Yes
1: I do yeah I have a, like an Amazon list of a ton of books that I deem accurate enough to be um, a good source of like ag education uh, materials for kids.
0: Perfect. Mm-hmm. Well we will link to all that in the show notes.
1: Mm-hmm. Melissa, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for coming to Mobile and for being here today.
0: Well, I love everything Melissa is involved with and also her advice on being a newcomer to a small town be sure to go check out the Hungry Canyon Valentines. You'll love them, your kids will love them, and their friends will love them. And we have links to everything you'll need in the show notes. Also, we recently launched the Live Rural Survey on our Rural Revival website. Whether you live rural or not, we'd love for you to take a minute to take our survey and help us gain some important insights. Go to RuralRevival.co slash survey, and then please share the link with your friends so we can get this in front of as many people as possible. Huge thanks to Melissa for being on the podcast today, and thanks to you for tuning in. Have a great week, everybody.